<laughs> My heart is um, really wired to seeing Christ form within you guys, and I hope that that's a, something I've said before, because I'm never going to change the record. As a pastor, a pastoral person with a pastor's heart, you know, it's just so, um, I burn for that, you know, to see you guys raised up in the Lord. And, you know, it's so, so much of what's already been said today is, is my message condensed into different words and thoughts. Um, essentially, we're, we're seeking after a reality which is not of this world. You know, that offering, we have this incredible high calling which is hidden to spectators, invisible, but we're going after it wholeheartedly, whether people fully understand that or not. And uh, the other things that have been said, if my people, there's a choice, there's a participation, there's an involvement that we get to have. And I, I just think of that as an incredibly high privilege that we get to partner with what the Lord is doing. And the other verse, the horse is ready, but the battle belongs to the Lord. So we're the ones who have to hop on that thing and charge into battle, you know. I can't ride a horse. I can just cling on for dear life, you know, and never get back on a horse. That's my experience with horses. <laughs> but I can picture myself in that situation. It's like by faith, you know, like because the Lord, he's the one who's, the battle belongs to him. He, the, the, our enemies are defeated foes, aren't they? And, and as I've been preparing for, particularly last week, I keep... Um, exploring this idea of this finished work of the cross, this perfection that's accomplished by the Lord on our behalf so that we are partakers of the divine nature by faith, you know, by grace, that we live according to the, his inheritance, which is in us. But we get to choose. And th this is like... You know, Dave's analogy is let's get some skin in the game. I always say where the, this is where the rubber hits the road. Like where our participation and our choice gets the wheels in motion. Like we are in the winning team. You know, we are seated in Christ Jesus in, at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. We've crossed that river to be where he is. We're not going back. And as I explored that idea of finished work and the end, I, um, the word is, I think, teleestai or something along those lines. It's like the root word in Greek is teleos or teleios, te teleo. Greenwood had those cards, didn't he? That ministry of healing, teleo, finished. And it also comes up when you often search the word perfection or perfected. It comes back to that idea of finished, the idea of wholeness, the idea of the, the end, maturity, the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. That's what we're going after. But as Dave has already communicated, we're not trying to 
you know, climb a ladder or by our own works get to that place because we know that that's impossible. We are trying to live out of what he has done and see, see that happen. So I, I, I was thinking in worship, we have faith, hope, and love. Love is eternal. Faith and hope are like the currency for here on earth, aren't they? We need to have faith in the Lord and hope for all the promises and the riches of our inheritance in him. And we abide there, which we've also spoken about already, and in order to see the fruit flow in our lives. So my message today is um, hopefully some practical ideas. So last week I talked about learning Christ. And as I went away and continued to meditate, because when you actually have to prepare for a, to teach, you actually learn so much more what you're teaching when you teach it. And I continued to meditate and stew on it. And some lyrics from a song came up, and they were, all that I am and all that I hope to be. And I feel like that captures where, where I'm at with this whole thing. Is, is it a finished work or is it a process? Yes. Because we get to participate in that. It is a finished work. It's not like light and dark. You know, it's a, we have been completely redeemed, transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But it's our participation. But we don't necessarily always see everything going to plan, which is where I kind of interjected, well, how are you going with that? And we don't always nail it. We don't always live according to that reality. But I don't want to diminish from the fact that it's possible never to stumble. Focus. That's been said as well. Because we have our responsibility is to take hold of that for which we've been taken hold of. To apprehend it. I wouldn't be standing here as a Christian if I didn't believe that the life of the overcomer was possible. If it was just kind of a band-aid that was just going to help me limp to the end. Yes, I've done some limping in my time. 100%. But it's not the end of it, is it? We're like building ourselves up in Christ to run the race to the end. There's that word. So he's all that I am and he's all that I hope to be. Everybody say, jot and tittle. That was what the New King James tells us about Christ fulfilling the law on our behalf. He jotted every T and tittled every I. I think I'm getting something mixed up. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, our life as Christians is about just being complete bond servants to be bound to the Lord Jesus, eyes fixed, the upward call of God in Christ, in Christ Jesus, to be so one with the Lord, to be so conscious of him continually, to be continually led, you know, positions us to, to never want to violate that love, 
to see that our treasure is in heaven, that we are walking this spiritual walk. And nothing that we don't want anything about our lives to violate that love, to be anything contrary to that reality. You know, because we're called to run the race with endurance. Compromise does not require endurance. If there's compromise all the way through, you're not running the race with endurance. You're flitting between darkness and light. That's not your destiny. So my heart in seeing Christ formed within me primarily and you guys is to just get this steadfast pursuit and vision of the Lord and who I've become and who we're called to be. There's just something so empowering about living from the tree of life that the, the, the good and evil paradigm is actually no longer relevant to us. We live beneath the tree of life. It's a very hard thing to get your head around in a world and a culture dominated by um, performance, you know, and a reward based on performance. But we no longer feast from the tree, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We eat from the tree of life. And a great picture of this is the promised land. The promised land of our inheritance has been what's available to us in Christ. You know, we cross that river, river of blood. We're baptized. You know, we enter into newness of life. And we step into the promised land and we go forth to occupy that land. And what is the fruit? Milk and honey, we're told. The promised land is a land of milk and honey. So there's a, what happens to produce milk? An animal from the animal kingdom, which is considered a higher kingdom than the plant kingdom. Right? You've heard of the animal kingdom. David Attenborough is the, the guru. Right? So the cow, the animal kingdom, eats the grass from the lower kingdom and produces the milk. In the same way, the bee of the animal kingdom consumes the pollen, nectar of flowers, the lower kingdom, and produces the honey. So there's a mingling of kingdoms. Why the land of milk and honey? It's a picture of God's chosen people who are divine, in divine, holy communion with the Lord with their faith and their hope, which are things that we only have down here on earth. Right? Their choices, their yes. Right? our lower kingdom, essentially, our physical experience we're having as humans, right? Producing the fruit of the kingdom in our own lives and speak to Dave and it will destroy the entire works of darkness in the world, right? But it starts here, doesn't it? In your choices, in your processes, in your belief, in what you meditate on in order to then go out and destroy the works of darkness. It's like, it's as a consequence of who you are. You're not trying to stir it up. You're like, 
You're just realizing who you've become. So, one last little picture. This one is a waterfall, crystal clear, flowing over, beautiful plunge pool at the bottom. And the rocks in this water pool are diamonds, huge, flipping diamonds. They're the disciplines. You can breathe underwater in this waterfall and you want to stay there. It's like Ezekiel's river. You can dip your toe in if you want to or your ankle and be content with that or you can just go so deep that it sweeps you away, right? I have this picture for years that someone at a prophetic school said they saw this. I saw this and I, and I immediately just thought the diamonds are the disciplines. Holding on to that, those diamonds will keep you in the water. And the reason I think that, if, if you've ever surfed before, if you get caught up in the, in the rips and stuff, you can pick up a boulder off the bottom and literally walk along the bottom of the ocean to get yourself out of trouble. And when I used to go to Wonga, I used to live in Litchfield, so I used to go to Florence Falls in the peak of the wet season when no one was there, when it was pumping over, when it was dangerous, and I would do that. I, had, I got really fit and strong, and I used to hold my breath, and I used to pick up boulders and run along the bottom of the pool, and the currents and the swirl of the waterfall couldn't sweep me away, and I'd get right to the back where there was like a calm bit, you know, and I could pop up right? So, so take that picture. You're clinging onto a diamond, right? You've got these disciplines and these practices in your life which keep you in the very depths of what God is doing, you know, what he wants for you, the reality of your life, how you're called to live, you know? And th there's just so much about the river that strows flows, streams, rushes from his throne. Okay, so the diamonds are the disciplines. And my keys for you today, I feel like, are a bunch of uh, disciplines, you could call them. So the first one is to know your identity. Now, we know that. We know we're, we're sons and daughters. We're familiar with the language. And there's always that how do we take a concept, a theory, you know, and bake the cake like we talked about last week? How do we take a, an intellectual idea and make it and practice it? It's not until you do the word that you're really exhibiting any wisdom. Because you can know loads of stuff and we're all educated far beyond our obedience. But when you, when you practice what you know, then you're demonstrating true wisdom. Right? It's... It's in the doing that the word comes to life. So in all of these keys and disciplines, it's like, how do we put wheels on that? So identity, for me, there's a few things I'm going to share from my own life. How do I keep my, how do I remind myself of my identity? And I think of being a royal priest. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're the Lords. We're the Kings, right? How do you remind yourself of that? What do you do to refresh that? Me, 
I've read Lord of the Rings three times, right? Because that helps remind me, right, of who I am. Because it's a classic battle of good versus evil, you know. I love Aragorn, you know. He's this noble king. People, people don't recognize who he is, but he knows. He carries it in his heart, doesn't he, right the way through, you know. So I have to sometimes skip over the chapters where Gollum's trudging through with the hobbits following him, you know. But I get to the stuff I like. <laughs> but, you know, there's this, and so that's an example of something that, you know, I, I think I've read it three times because it was like a... I felt to remind myself. The last time I didn't literally read it cover to cover, I picked out bits. But I think, well, how can I, how do I do that? And, and to give you a key, what, what is it that reminds you? The other thing for me is music. I love a particular musician called Bob Dylan. Stick with me, baby. Stick with me anyhow. Things should start to get interesting right about now. He's an incredibly prophetic musician. He's been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for literature. Like he's a really switched on guy. And his lyrics are just rich, so rich. So rich that the pastor of my old church has written a book called The Prophetic Oracles of Bob Dylan which has also been helping remind me who I am. So what, what is it for you, though? What is it that reminds you? Man, I am... Because you know what? You can be having this physical experience and it can seem so overwhelmingly important to you, you know, that it, that it trumps the spiritual reality of who you are. I'm sure you can all relate. Sometimes the reality of myself with a flaming sword, with a crown on my head, slaying demons, isn't that obvious to me. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? You know, if you could see me in the spirit right now, there'd be a flame coming off me somewhere. <laughs> right? So what is it for you that, that reminds you that you are a flipping weapon for the kingdom of God, that you are a divine warrior on a horse that the Lord has set up for you, you know, that you're going to go charging into battle with. What is it for you that reminds you of your identity? You know, we're sons and daughters, but we're also kings and priests. So the next thing is the fellowship of the saints. We belong to a family and we need one another. It's community. It's authenticity in relationships. Who's heard the analogy intimacy as in to me see? We actually need to be able to have close, authentic, vulnerable relationships where we're not afraid to be real with one another. If you, um, you know, the enemy wants to isolate us. 
and keep us into a place of shame, right? And not be vulnerable. Like I remember when I had to go and chat to Dave and fess up and be like, this is what I've been thinking and feeling and my mind's just been like warped and I was just like honest, right? It would have been so easy never to tell him that because like, Dave, man, I looked up to this guy. I don't want to tell him this dark secret or this lie I've been believing or this thing I've been feeling. He honors me and tells me that's a sign of true maturity, brother. Because I'm, even though I'm feeling so belittled by this, these lies, I'm going, but it's not, surely it's not true. Do you know what I mean? And now it's like I'm, just, I'm able to confess because it's like my, my performance, my behavior doesn't define my identity. First and foremost, my faith in Jesus defines my identity. So if my, if my identity is in that place... It's a safe place. Can you see what I'm saying? If it's like, if my identity is like tangled up in my behavior, right, you're going to experience shame, guilt, and condemnation when you don't perform or live up to a standard. But if your identity is in Christ, even if you fail or you don't live up to a standard, it doesn't diminish your identity in Christ Jesus. Right? So you can therefore even though it feels awful and you might feel like, you know, you can say that thing, speak it out, bring it into the light, because even though that's what you might have done or be experiencing or believing, your identity is set safely on the rock of your salvation over here in Christ Jesus. It's unshakable. And the sooner that you bring stuff into the light, the sooner you get free of it, you know? The sooner you, like, get that stuff out, it's actually a sign of maturity that you're able to, you know, a sign of maturity that you're able to just speak it out. So, and all that's connected to belonging, fellowship, um, discipleship. So the idea in our church community is that we have a high value on the church groups in order that you would be being discipled, that you'd be locked in tight, you know, and out of range there's a safety and security in that family in that discipleship group where you're getting grown up in the Lord and people who have been there before are helping you through and you're learning and you're growing and that's why that's a core value because we realize that in order for us to grow up into all that Christ is we're going to need each other and also um the church, the body of Christ, the building up of the saints, the edification of the saints, that's what this is all about. We come together because that's where we belong. That's part of our fellowship. So your identity and your fellowship with the saints. The next one is worship. Our entire lives are worship. You know, we're called to worship the Lord in everything we do. I guess I'm talking more specifically in the type of worship we just had then. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm in that place of worship, my perspective, I always get the heavenly perspective. You get your focus off yourself and onto the Lord, and your perspective shifts. You get, the chain, you get, you get to see things from heaven, heaven's eyes. 
So it's such a key to worship the Lord, to exalt him, to get your mind off yourself. Like I couldn't raise my hands in church for years because I felt so awkward about it because I was so focused on myself and how I felt. Worship should be reckless abandon. Are you willing to be considered a fool for the Lord? Because half of you should be breakdancing up the front here with Victor. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, let go of yourself. It's not about you. It's like worship the Lord and the, your perspective shifts and you get that clarity. So I really feel that's another key. The next one, obedience. I want to refer to Philippians 3, where I've mentioned it already. We must live up to what we have already attained. There's a real key in being faithful with what you have. Because to whom, who is faithful with what he's been given, what does he get? More, an increase. So where we're faithful with what we have, what we know, what we've put into practice, not just knowing but applying, more is given. So obedience is such a key because otherwise you end up puffed up, educated beyond your obedience without putting that into practice. And we talked about that Jewish perspective of knowing last week. In, a, in, our, in our cognitive mindset, we're kind of like, well, I've, I've got the recipe book. I've got all the ingredients. I've seen Jamie Oliver do it. I know how to bake the cake. Have you ever done it? <clears throat> no. So you don't know. No, but I've seen him do it. We think that because we can... We've got it on that level, we know. But you don't really know until you've baked the cake, possibly several times, <laughs> you know? So there's that putting into practice what you know. So that's obedience. Faith without works is dead. You have to be applying and putting some skin in the game in order for that to be real. Love looks like something, doesn't it? And I just love this, that, you know, more is given. There's going to be more. Shaken together, pressed down, and running over as well. <clears throat> the next one is... Memorial stones, which is what Jono's song is nailing. I remember when. I remember when. Do you want to know the I remember when that I had during worship? Should I share this? I was a drunken maniac. Somebody had upset me, and I was screaming my head off in the middle of the night at a dormitory full of people. I was just so 
my, so lost. My identity was so fragile. My world was just uh, it was chaos. And there was a Christian in that dormitory. She must have pressed my buttons. Because I knew that I wasn't living the life I was called to deep down. But I just didn't have a grid, and I think she just must have... But I just thought of that. Man, like I was just such a lost soul, such a mess. North Flinders International House, year 2000, come a long way. Does anyone know where that is? The dormitories at the CDU there? Wow, I remember when. (laughs) That was me. We've all got them, don't we? You know, so those memorial stones, they're so significant. What are those things in your life that you can just look back and just see the faithfulness of God? As you held fast in the midst of the trial and the storm and the circumstances, you committed to just be, be one with the Lord and then you saw the breakthrough, you saw the fruit. Sometimes it might have taken years. I set out on that journey in some respects, you know, 10 years ago in certain aspects. With a steadfast pursuit of something that's taken till now to perhaps be being manifest. So it can become a, so now it can become a memorial stone, right? I remember when. What do you need to remember? What are those things? Don't forget them. Keep them at the forefront of your mind. And finally, this is not an exhaustive list, by the way. I'm sure there's many different things, but these are the main keys that I came up with. So we had identity, we had fellowship, we had worship, obedience, memorial stones, and finally the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word. He who has been joined to the Lord has become one spirit with Him. It's the life of Christ that we're trying to manifest here. It's the fullness. He's given, it, he's, he's given us His Spirit. He's joined us to Him. He's transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He's made us righteous so that we could live holy and blameless before Him. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let his word, you know, be at the forefront of your mind. Do you remember how I was preaching a couple of months back and I talked about the, the Jewish tradition of those two things? One was like a thing on their head and one was the bounding around the arm. Well, I went away and looked into it and they literally take the word of God and put it in a box and they strap it to their head, that box. It's ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. They walk around with a specially made thing so you can't forget it. And I was thinking I could wear a cap and I could get the, a scripture that I want to remember and put it in the inside of my cap and I could do that instead. So what's the, what's the word you need? You know, what is the... You know, what are you trying to take hold of? Like, what is it that you need to remind yourself? I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to God. 
yielding to that reality in the face of adversity. I'm dead to that. I'm alive to God. And I forget what the binding one was. <clears throat> but there's so much to be learned from those Jewish traditions. You know, they are in the flesh trying to fulfill righteousness. Man, they are so determined. Imagine if we had just a bit of that zeal in the Lord. Instead of trying to be fulfilling the, the law in the flesh like they are, by like physically strapping the word to their head so that they can not forget it because there's a box there. That's right. Da, 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 and the mantra is the word they're trying to learn. And there's zeal to, to live righteous. How much more us with the Holy Spirit, with the free gift of righteousness, with a new heart, heart of flesh that feels, that knows the Lord. How much more able are we in that, from that place as we abide in him? Our cup runs over. What do you need to know? Like, what do you need to get inside you from the word? All that I am and all that I hope to be. I like um, to think of this verse in terms of the the authority we have as believers to overcome and to change our way of thinking. And I often apply this to things that may seem impossible in my life or too big. If you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. There's nothing that can't be overcome, folks. We're more than conquerors. We're able to live holy and pure and blameless in his sight. Again, Brian Simmons from The Passion. This is from Hebrews 4, 1 to 3. Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. And I believe that summarizes this idea of how do we by grace see the reality of Christ flow through our lives. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by his Spirit, 
that these things are accomplished, says the Lord of hosts. So we believe and faith activates the promise and we experience the fruit. This verse is specifically talking about rest and it's abiding in that finished work. But what's the fruit that you need to experience? All who are obsessed with being more, with being secure in life, will lose it all, including their lives. But those who let go of their lives and surrender them to me will discover true life. We believe that we have Jesus Christ inside us, the hope of glory. That's what we believe. Faith is going to activate that reality for you because Christ in you is the hope of glory. We just got to stick with him anyhow. Stick with him. Endure all things, stick with him. At the end of the day, stand, stick with him. Don't give up. Our lives are dead. If you're obsessed with getting secure, you're going to lose it. It's, uh, it's hidden in Christ. The kingdom of God is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within you. Still, we're still in Luke 17 in the Passion, by the way. Because this revelation lamp now shines within you, nothing will be hidden from you. It will all be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open, made known by the revelation light. Luke 8. Passion translation's good, hey? For those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. Jesus told them this, those who come to listen to me are like my mothers and my brothers. They're the ones who long to hear and to put God's word into practice. 
Remember when they were asked Jesus, your mother is here, Jesus. And he said, no, my brothers and my mothers are the ones who hear my word and put it into practice. Obedience is thicker than blood, you know. So in the end, as a Christian teacher in a Christian school, the outcome of what I do isn't summarized by a year 12 certificate. When I work with kids, my, my, my hope is not going to be measured by the quality of their work, how well they do in school. It's going to be their likeness to Christ. And I walk that fine line and that tension with having to meet the expectations of this world. But my goal and my ambition and my hope for those kids is to see Christ form within them. And you know, it's so worth it, isn't it? It's such a greater reward. It's more than we could ask, think, or imagine. So that's it, folks. I want to encourage you to remain steadfast in him, to seek him, to worship him, to pursue him with your whole heart, to be yoked to the Lord. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. He's going to lead you from pasture to pasture within the pages of his word. Now, he's the great grandfather of us all, you know. If you think about sitting on his lap and going through a family album, and you're on the lap, and there's your grandfather, beautiful old grandfather, white hair. And he's taking you through the family album, the generations gone past. It's just like the Word of God, isn't it? Warts and all. It's all in there. All the trials of his people, all the failures, the ups and downs. But the Lord is faithful. And we have all that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So let's go and take hold of that for which we've been taken hold of. Amen? Well, it's right on time. So feel free to go. But we are going to open up the space down the front here. If there's, you know, anything that you're contending for, that you're believing for, that you want to get some prayer for, anything going on in your life, that, you know, some of the things that I've talked about that have resonated with you, part of that fellowship of believers is to receive some prayer on a Sunday, to be encouraged, to be edified, also to talk to each other, give someone a hug on your way out. It's all part of it, isn't it? So as the tunes play, feel free to come up here. Dave's going to pray for you, and I'm going to go and have a rest. Amen.